0: Good morning, church. <laughs> totally natural. That looked totally natural. We're here for you. Good morning. It's Sunday morning, and you're at church. Um, Jim wanted me to tell all of you on the internet, because we all just heard it. It's a big secret, um, that Brookie and Rick are working on a new way to get us on Facebook that maybe won't sound so horrible. Um, so just know that we know the volume is kind of garbage. We're working on it, and uh, you could pray for us and, and send donations in for whatever we need to buy for that. So <laughs> it was gadsdenvineyard.org slash give slash html slash putyourmoneyhere.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, welcome. <laughs> My name is Jamie. I am one of the pastors here. I'm not just a clown. (laughs) Oh, man, let's pray. (laughs) Uh, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this gathering of people here and online and for your churches everywhere. Thank you for the continued healing that you have done in Matt and in Miss Phyllis. And um, will you please continue to send comfort to Jeremiah's family, and will you pour out supernatural amounts of peace on them now and in the coming months. We thank you for your grace and your mercy and your peace, and will you help us to hear your truth today? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so last week uh, we did the first half of Matthew 13, right? Jesus' parable palooza. And we studied the first two parables, the one about the four soils and the one about the wheat and the weeds. And those were pretty easy ones because Jesus explains to the disciples exactly what he meant in those parables. And the next part here contains five more parables and, um, and he only explains one of those. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, so before I read the gospel, let's review where we are in the gospel um, to give some context for what is going on in this passage. And I know this is a lot of repetition, but I feel like maybe we will learn it better if we keep talking about this. So Jesus has called his disciples And he has preached the Sermon on the Mount, and he's really um, getting quite famous. And he's impressed a lot of people with his direct way of teaching. And he sent his disciples out to surrounding areas to preach um, to what he called the lost sheep of Israel. All right, and they're to preach, the kingdom of heaven is near, and they are to heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the lepers, right? And that's in chapter 10, right? And he, he basically, he gives his disciples the authority to do all of these amazing things that he himself has been doing. So he sends them out, and uh, he prophesies over them. And they go, and they do, and they come back. And they come back from their, like, ministry adventure. And then he um, speaks to crowds again, and um, But this time, it's not like how he was speaking at the Sermon on the Mount. This time, he speaks as a prophet, and he offends a bunch of people, (laughs) Um, especially the Pharisees and the law experts, and he calls them a wicked generation, and he says they will be judged harshly for their lack of repentance. And he says other things that they don't like, and all of this is in chapter 11 and 12. And the Pharisees, they start making plans to kill Jesus, and they don't like him, or his message, or his miracles, but the regular people do. And uh, so he keeps drawing these large crowds. So in chapter 13, Jesus is still preaching to the large crowd, right? And it gets so big, he has to get in the boat to kind of give some space. And uh, so that the crowd could all, you know, see him and hear him better. And in verse 3, it says, then he told them many things in parables. And we read the two of them last week. And remember, the disciples were like, Jesus, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, this isn't how you usually talk to them. Why do you speak to the people in parables? And he answers them in verse 11, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. And he speaks to them as a prophet. He says, this is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. And he goes on to quote Isaiah. And then he blesses his disciples. Blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Okay, so that's the review. (laughs) Uh, Let's finish the rest of this chapter. So he's still in the boat in front of the crowd and the Pharisees. We'll start at verse 31. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked through all the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. And right here, he's quoting from Psalm 78, which is an awesome psalm, by the way. And uh, it reads like a historical timeline of Israel's history. And the psalmist pulls no punches. And it sounds like a poem that um, one of the Old Testament prophets would have written. Um, And I thought about reading it out loud right now, but it is 72 verses long. I will not do that to you. Uh, But it sounds like it's uh, written by a prophet because it's, it's like it's to Israel about Israel. So I would suggest you give it a read later on today, right? I dare you. So after he quotes the psalm, or as Matthew says, the prophet, Jesus leaves the crowd, and he goes into the house where they were staying at the time. So now he's with just the disciples and the household. So let's pick up in verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value... He went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. Really? No one has a follow-up question? Like, everyone's like, yep, treasure in a field, yeast, pearls, got it. (laughs) So remember from last week, we aren't just talking about regular parables, right? We aren't talking about a short story that teaches us a moral lesson I mean, a parable might do that, obviously. (laughs) But, um, I mean, fables do. That's like exactly what a fable does. But with no people in it. Like, isn't that the rule of the fable? It can't have any people in it? It's like nature and a moral. Okay. Um, But these aren't regular parables. They are Jesus' parables, okay? And to think that he's just trying to give a moral lesson here would really cheapen his message. And last week I mentioned that N.T. Wright said that um, Jesus' parables are stories that conceal and reveal the message of God's kingdom, right? Which is pretty much what Jesus was saying when the disciples asked, like, why are you talking? In parables, um, when he quotes Isaiah, you know, you will hear but never understand, and you will see but never perceive, for this people's heart has become hard. So the message is, concealed or hidden uh, to those with hard hearts, but he reveals the message of God's kingdom to those with soft hearts who are ready to see and hear, right? That's what he's telling his disciples, and they're blessed because their eyes see and their ears hear. And uh, N.T. Wright, he went on to say that the parables are told as kingdom explanations for Jesus's kingdom actions, And then he says that thing I really liked, that uh, the parables are saying, don't be surprised, but this is what it looks like when God's in charge. I still love that. (laughs) I just, I ate on that all week long. And that is from his book, Simply Jesus, in case anyone's like, where's she getting this? Like, I want to know. I demand answers. It's Simply Jesus. Buy it. It's great. Um, So these parables... They're an indirect way for Jesus to communicate his kingdom message because he's already preached in the direct way, right? He preached the Sermon on the Mount. He's like, do it this way. Live your life like this. Don't be like that. But now things are heating up, okay? The Pharisees are plotting his murder. So he steps up his game with parables. In this way, the people who came for, like, the spectacle of seeing the Pharisees try to test Jesus... Like, they're going to leave empty-handed. They're going to go back and say, like, yeah, you know, I went to hear that Jesus guy preach. uh, Because I heard he was such a good preacher, right? And I heard the Pharisees were going to try to catch him in a lie. But there was not a show at all. Like, he just told some stories about seeds and bread. (laughs) And honestly, that's me. That would totally be my hearing of this if I went. I'd be like, I don't get it right? But Jimmy and Liz, like on the way back home, we'd be walking and they would, oh, they would be talking about it constantly, like, oh my gosh, wasn't that cool? Like the kingdom of heaven is like small hidden things, you know, like what? Yeah, and how they get bigger. Like, well, is that what that was about? <laughs> I thought it was like a guy that's bad at farming. That's what I got from that story. So it really helps to hang out with people who are smarter than you, Okay because I am not the best thinker. I'm not an idiot, but I am not the best thinker, right? Because I have a bad habit and maybe you are like me. I just want the answer. (laughs) I just consume information all day long and you know, some of them like, yeah, I'll keep that one. I'm throwing the rest of this away. But a parable is something that um, it sticks in your brain. There's not an immediate answer. It makes you think and it makes you ask questions. And the disciples, they did ask questions, you know, they asked Jesus to explain the parable about the wheat and the weeds. Um, So you see, you can have a soft heart and hear a parable and still be like, I'm not sure I get this, will you please explain it to me? And Jesus will not laugh at you, right? He doesn't laugh at them, he doesn't give them a hard time, like, I can't believe I got to explain this. He's like, yeah, sure, it's this. So... Let's look at these parables for a minute. To the whole crowd, he tells the one about the four soils, and the one about the wheat and the weeds, and the one about the mustard seed. Oh my gosh, I hate the one about the mustard seed. It is so complex, I don't get it. And then the little short one about a lady making bread. And, um, and the gospel says that he explained two of the parables to the disciples, but it doesn't really say that the crowd got the explanation. You know, it just says he answers them. So I don't know what the crowd has heard as far as the explaining. But they've heard the four stories. And the stories, they kind of had some things in common, right? Seeds and farming. I mean, there's a wild card in there, though, the bread. Um, So these are all domestic things, right? And they're all the things that the people would be familiar with. It's not any kind of, like, new thing. Um, So if we look at these parables and say, don't be surprised, but this is what it looks like when God's in charge, what would that crowd have seen and heard? The kingdom of heaven is like regular things we see every day. Small things, seeds and yeast are really small. Okay, that's good. <laughs> they are really small things that over time they make more things, you know. The seeds grow a crop, he says, 100, 60, 30 times more. And the yeast makes dough get bigger, right? The loaves get bigger. And your bread is good. You ever accidentally not add the yeast or like you use the wrong flour? And then you're like, oh, my gosh, this is tragic. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yes. That's it. Here's here's your communion wafers. They're homemade this week. My bread did not turn out. So maybe that's what some of the soft-hearted, ready-to-listen part of the crowd left with, you know? The kingdom of heaven that Jesus talks about being so near It's like these small things that, with time, they get bigger. And, uh, you know, and seeds make wheat, yeah? I mean, wheat seeds turn into wheat. And wheat makes flour, and flour makes bread. So we eat, you know, and the kingdom of heaven, it feeds us. It's life. And there's another theme In these parables, it's hiddenness. And the crowd may not have picked up on it because they didn't hear the other parables. But the disciples would have noticed because Jesus had just told them that they have knowledge of the secrets of heaven. And secrets are hidden things. And when seeds are planted, like the mustard seed in the parable, you know, the seeds are hidden in the dirt. And some of the translations say, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour. And Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven like a treasure hidden in a field that a guy finds and then he re hides it. And then this one and the next one that they hear, the pearl of great price. And the net of fish, there's like a business theme happening, you know, because um, we see value is being given to things and there's transactions taking place. Don't be surprised, but this is what it looks like when God's in charge. The kingdom of heaven is like small things that produce much, it's like hidden things of great value. It's like a total transaction. In the two treasure parables, the man and the merchant, they sell everything they have to purchase hidden treasure and a pearl. And I'm sure the disciples could relate to these stories because after all, they know about giving up everything that they have because that's what they did when they dropped everything in their lives to follow Christ. And I think he's giving them a wink you know? (laughs) And the merchant, you know, was looking for fine pearls. It's plural. It's multiple. But he only finds one of great value. Only one was worth having. So he's reminding them, you know, there's a lot of choices out there, but there's only one that is worth your everything. And the last one he tells his disciples is about the fishermen. And you know their ears perked up, right? They're like, fishermen, that's us. That's what we do, right? Because he first called his disciples and they were fishing. And he's like, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. So you know they got to be paying attention to this one. And then this one is really similar to the one from last week about the wheat and the weeds, right? The fishermen pull up the net, all kinds of fish. They separate the good fish, uh, keep it, they get rid of the bad fish. So it's another parable about separation, right? The wheat and the weeds get separated, and the good and the bad fish get separated. And Don't be surprised, you guys, but this is what it looks like when God's in charge. There's separation that happens. And he explains that parable to them even though it's so like the other parable that you have to wonder like why he would explain one that is like, just like the other one and not explain the yeast one or the pearl one. <laughs> I'm not mad. <laughs> but um, I have a feeling that he wanted to make very clear to the disciples that they are not the fishermen who get to do the separating Right? In case they thought differently. He tells them the angels are doing the separating. He makes it clear that it's not their job. And likewise for us, he's making it clear it is not our job to judge. Yeah. You guys want to take a moment and repent? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me too. Father, we are so sorry. We know that we judge. And we know that we really like to judge. It is so easy. But we are so sorry, it is not our job. It's not our job, and we say that we, we don't want to do that anymore. Spirit, will you come and help us? Move in our lives and help us to lay judgment at God's feet. In Jesus' name, amen. That was not on my page, so I am lost completely. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) What do you guys want to talk about? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, okay. After hearing all of his parables, um, Jesus asks them, have you understood all these things? Yes, they answer. And I believe them. They've seen all of this with their own eyes. They've lived it. They've seen how the message of God's kingdom has landed on different soils. And they know how the kingdom can take small things and grow them into plenty. And they've learned about hidden things, right? They've been gifted the secrets of the kingdom. And they know about giving up everything to obtain this new treasured life. And they know At the end of it all, there will be judgment. And Jesus, he believes them too, right? He takes their yes as yes. And he says, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. And oh my gosh, can you believe he sneaks in this parable at the very last like that? (laughs) Yeah, it's like a hidden track at the end of an album. You know, and like just like a hidden track at the end of an album, it just wrecks the whole flow. Can we all agree? Dear artists, stop it. It's never been cool. (laughs) No, I challenge you. You tell me a hidden track that like didn't wreck the album. Oh. We could start a thread on Facebook about this. I think we should. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. You know, that's true. It would be different for like CD media than vinyl media when you're having to like swap things around. Okay. Maybe hidden tracks. Might not all hashtag not all hidden tracks. Okay. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> oh he sneaks in that last parable, right? You just when you thought we were like done with a parable, he's like, and don't forget it's like a parable. Like what? It's yeah. Yeah, that's Yes. Yes. Yeah, just tack one on at the end when you were just getting comfortable. Like, don't be surprised, but this is what it looks like when God's in charge. (laughs) So, um, fine, we'll do this one too. When he says teacher of the law, right, he's meaning a faithful Jewish person, uh, one who's faithful to God the Father. And when he says disciple in the kingdom of heaven, He means one who is faithful to Jesus, the Messiah. So basically, the ones who are faithful to the Father and become faithful to the Son as well, they have old and new treasures to offer, right? They have the law, the gift that God gave to his people to separate them from being like other people, right? Keeping the law kept them holy, kept them separated And now they have new treasure, right? The grace and the salvation of Jesus Christ. Amen? Can we be done with the parables forever? Uh, Right, so that's the parables of Matthew 13. And just for the record, I really enjoyed um, looking at them as one whole thing um, in the context of Matthew's gospel. Instead of just taking one parable that Jesus told and, you know, trying to take it literally and shoehorn it into my life like it's a commandment that I'm supposed to live by. And so thank you for letting me, I don't know, do this. I feel like it really was an indulgence uh, to me that I would get to look at it this way and study it and learn it and not be so angry at the parables. (laughs) Okay, amen, let's pray. Holy, almighty, unshakable one, we love you. Thank you for revealing your word to us. And thank you for working with small things. Thank you for humble beginnings. And it's not lost on us that you sent your son to save us, and he came not as a powerful warrior, but as a small newborn baby. It's the same beginning we all have. And Jesus, thank you for your teaching. Your yoke is easy. We need your grace and salvation. Thank you for being our sacrifice so that we may be judged as forgiven. And Holy Spirit, will you come and be our helper? Please keep our ears and eyes open and our hearts soft. Bless us with wisdom and maturity to steward the secrets of the kingdom well. And thank you. We love you, God. And we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Um, We're going to have communion. And then after the communion, we'll pray for anyone who needs prayer. And if you're online and you need prayer, uh, we have a way for that too. You can go to our Facebook called Gadsden Vineyard Prayer Room and send us a message. There's someone on the end of it. There's like a human being, a real-life human ready to pray for you. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Um, Turning this over to Kieran.